Hi, my name's Tara Humphrey and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast, where I will be sharing interviews and insights from the field of healthcare. The Business of Healthcare podcast is brought to you by THC Primary Care, where we provide operations and project management to primary care networks. If you are a clinical director or a practice manager and your to-do list is growing by the minute and you could do with an extra pair of hands to support you to roll out your network-based contracts and projects, I would love to help you. We also provide consultancy and coaching advice to healthcare business owners and clinical leads looking to take the next step in their career or their business. Come and check us out at www.thcprimarycare.co.uk. Hi, and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. And it is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you Jack Jacob. Jack is the Managing Director at Partnership Network Events and P&E as they go by specialise in creating events for senior healthcare leaders and suppliers. If I was to sum Jack up from the conversation that we've had today, I would say he is honest, passionate and ambitious really 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 nice guy we talked about how lockdown has affected his business Jack shared with us a situation where something had gone wrong in his business and how that affected him and it affected him for a couple of months and his mindset around that process Jack shared with us some of the one percent improvements that he's making in his business Jack shares with us his leadership style and how he empowers his team and how he treats them. He talked about being in the cycle of self-pity. He talked about how he surrendered control of the most important element of a particular project. And it's just so interesting. And I really do feel like no matter what your job is, you can take something from this interview. There's business lessons personal lessons, leadership lessons. I absolutely loved it. I really, really did. And after the interview, we carried on chatting. So that is always the marks of a good interview when you want to continue talking to your guest. So a big thank you to Jack and a big thank you to Sam Alsop Hall, who recommended I talk to Jack. He thought he'd be a good fit for the podcast and he was the perfect fit for the podcast. So enjoy and I'll see you in the next episode. Hi, Jack. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Business of Healthcare podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on. So I've got uh, Sam Alsop Hall to thank because he said to me, yeah, you need to get Jack on. He's excellent. He'll give you such a good interview. So don't disappoint. I was going to say he's built me up now. and It could, <laughs> it could uh, end in, uh, in misery and failure here. It could be rubbish. <laughs> so could you share with our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes, yeah, certainly. So, um, so my name is Jack Jacob. I'm the founder and own and run a business called Partnership Network Events. So we're uh, a public sector focused events business. So we work in healthcare, um, in education, across local government as well. So, so yeah, that's us. And why why should we choose you guys for our events? Good question. So, um, so our events are slightly different to your traditional kind of exhibition format, where you've got kind of a big exhibition space with conference halls and uh, and then kind of stands and so on so ours is a little bit more a little bit more boutique and a bit more close-knit it's a better word I'm trying to think of that I would usually say for it but uh, our events bring together only directors and chiefs so essentially we bring together decision makers from the industry and uh, and, and I suppose for, for, for them um, it's then a higher level conversation we're bringing together the right level of people that have you know understand issues at system level uh, and understand issues at kind of board level so bring together those people that they can network and learn and share best practice and you know come together to uh 
you know, spend two days away with each other and, and hopefully come away with ideas and be extra motivated and, and find solutions to some of the issues they're challenge, um, that they're, they're currently facing. And then on the other side of the fence, we, we obviously bring together um, sponsors and that's ultimately how we're funded through people exhibiting and sponsoring our events. Uh, and, and those people, you know, they get an opportunity to spend two days with decision makers and our, our events run in a really structured way where we have, uh, you know, a set time for the activity. So, you know, there's presentations, there's networking opportunities, there's lunch and there's dinners, there's business meetings. Uh, we have a couple of our own kind of sessions in there as well um, that are, are kind of unique to us. But but all of those sessions have set to take, uh, have set time to take place. So if there's business meetings going on, there is no other no other kind of session taking place there's no presentations people aren't missing out by having conversations with exhibitors mm-hmm. on a keynote speaker for example and so yeah you know we, we, we run in a really good format obviously not been able to for the last uh, last year or so but um yeah excited to get back and why did you choose the niche of directors and decision makers because of the way that we're funded so we don't charge delegates to come to our, our events. So we we pay for everything. We, we pay for their overnight accommodation in four or five star hotels. We pay for all their meals, refreshments. Um, there's drinks, receptions, wine on the tables, et cetera. And, and obviously free access to the conference. We're funded by people then that sponsor and exhibit at our event. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, they want to be meeting decision makers. And so it, it's, it's kind of, it's self-fulfilling in that sense. Yeah. Okay. And when, when did you decide I'm going to set up an events company? Uh, so I worked in events for, for someone else and yeah, just, uh, well, a few reasons I trusted myself more. Uh, you're going to bring that up later again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I trusted myself more, but I thought I could run things differently. You know, um, I think the, the companies that I'd previously worked with, it very much felt like, the delegates were the commodities um in and and you know, it sounds ultimately they are in the sense of you know without the delegates you don't get exhibitors but my principle and and but they were they were treated like that they were treated like the product um in the in the previous places i'd worked with worked for my my thoughts and my kind of the way i approach it is you look after your delegates and your delegates will look after your sponsors okay so you need to you need to really deliver value and create a vibe at these events where a bad vibe will spread like wildfire at an event. And I'm sure you've probably been at events where it's just the vibe just, hasn't yeah. been right. I was just about to say to you, like, what makes a good event? So I don't I'm not going to say the event, but I remember there is a few events in primary care that it feels like everybody goes to. I was really excited to go. And I went there with the best intentions, like to network, you know, like it's always hard networking and all of that stuff, but really went with the best intentions to have a really fab time. And it was just, maybe I'd built it up so much, but it just really disappointed. And I left early. It, you know, it was quite far away, time away from my home, hotel and all of that stuff. And I did think, but then I've been to other events. I went to an event by a company called Inspired Medics. It was excellent. It was in a university. It was really like it wasn't fancy at all. And it was excellent. And I kind of, I went back to the host and said, like, I don't know what you did, but it was incredible. Whereas the other other event I went to, all bells, all whistles, really posh, really fancy. And it just, maybe I wasn't the right clientele, but what would you say makes a good event? Sure. So I think a a good event is made depending on what side of the fence you're on, right? So as a delegate, it's about content, it's about connection, it's about networking, it's about the people in the room, it's about you know being comfortable also. For people that are exhibiting at an event, what makes a good event is, is ultimately leads generated off the back of that event, you know? So again, it matters who's there, how they how they engage with people there, and so on. So it's, it's hard to say what makes a good event because you've got to look at it actually you've got to look at it from three perspectives you've got to look at it from the speaker's perspective the delegate's perspective and the sponsor's perspective obviously speaker you know you, you don't want to have an audience everyone's tapping around a, on, a, on a laptop or an empty room you know um, and people just not not engaging 
So what makes a good event? You know, you've, it, it all boils down from, 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 you know, at the start when you're planning, your agenda has to be spot on and you can't keep getting the same people and the same names talking about the same stuff time and time yeah. again, you know. Um, there's people that are on the circuit and, and, and don't get me wrong, some people are on the circuit because they're very, very good at speaking and, yeah. and you know, they, they bring value to every event they're part of. But you've got to also make sure that those people on the circuit aren't just regurgitating the same message that they've said time and time again. Um, I think as well, you've got to be careful not to pigeonhole people into things. So everyone I ask to speak at my event, the I can guarantee you now the stock response always is, what do you want me to speak about? And my response is every time, I don't know. You're the expert. <laughs> you know, what, what, what are you doing internally? What, what, what would you want to speak about? Or what would you want to listen to if you were sat in a room listening to a speaker? You know, something that you're doing, something you're really proud of, something that you're, you're doing internally that's, that's transformational or, you know, has improved the way services are delivered tenfold or whatever it might be. What is a group of people like you? Because the speakers and our delegates are typically the same kind of job titles and level and so on what are a people a group of people like you going to enjoy listening to you know you're you are I, i'm good at bringing people together that's my specialism you're the one making this stuff happen you tell me and so i think that you know again giving people you know trusting people and giving them the ownership of you know i trust you i trust you to you know all right if they can't speak then you know you've got a bit of an issue but people but how do you know if they can speak um you know don't get me wrong there's a there's a you know a pre-interview or you know i say interview is a conversation you know and you can kind of get the feel with someone um and and also you don't force anyone into anything and and so people if they're not a speaker or they don't feel comfortable speaking they will tell you that and you say okay well look, it's not why don't you come as a delegate this time and uh, and then look, get, get a feel for what the event's about and speak at the next one. So um, do, you, do your clients give you a long list or do they say, oh, we want to bring together? No, oh. this is where, this is where, that's what I was saying earlier about people think that I put on weddings. People think I put on events for people. I don't, I put on my own events and people come to my event. Oh, okay. So, so the events are, so I, I don't, so if you come to me and said, right, we're, we're thinking of doing an event, um, you know, we want to work for you to put this on. That's, that's not me. I don't put events on for other people. I put on my own event called the Healthcare Partnership Network. And then people come to my event. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's not, it's not a case where I put events on for other people that it's my event. And people then join my event. So they'll join as a speaker, a sponsor, or a delegate. So I think go back to why did you want to do it? Why do you want to do it? What are you getting out of it? So so when I when I first started, the answer would have been different to what it is now. Um, the answer would have been, you know, that that stupid response of, well, you know, do it for money. And and it's and it's completely not that now. You know, it's all about purpose and it's all about driving value. You know, and I'll, and I'll give you an example of that. So, so we put on, you know, when the, um, you know, the lot that happened and, and all of our face-to-face events got cancelled, mm-hmm. the back end of last year, we put on the biggest kind of healthcare conference, virtual healthcare conference um, last year. We had, you know, over a thousand people attend. We had um, about 35 exhibitors. We had, you know, Jeremy Hunt speak, Lord David Pryor, the chairman of NHS England speak. We had um, Neil Dixon, the ch- um, who's the former CEO of NHS Confederation, the King's Fund, the GMC. He chaired the event. It was, you know, TV levels of production. And, you know, we spent months and months and months. And it was the hardest thing that we'd ever done as a company, you know, the hardest thing I'd ever done professionally or, or or even unprofessionally um you know it was it was it was tough from the off because you know it, it wasn't like you know we've had quite a few this year it was like everyone was kind of waiting for you know this side of the year to try kind of you know there was a few smaller things that were done but we went you know we went to town we spent the most we spent more money on this on this virtual exhibition platform than we have ever done on a hotel to host our events at so you know it wasn't it wasn't like it was a conference on zoom you know there was different rooms there was an exhibitor area with stands and there was a net networking lounges and you know there was there was like a main room where we had then like literally tv levels of production we had we had to bring in a, a production company to help 
us produce this event um you know behind a, you know in front of a green screen and superimposed into this into this tv studio it was, it was brilliant so we, we we worked it we worked it all and the morning of the event the platform crashed and it was it uh, it was honestly the worst day of my life without a shadow of a doubt it was okay. the worst day of my life and it was just like you know the the whole what it was meant to be it wasn't um and and don't you know and i and and it, and it affected me actually for a long time after and, I, and it t- took me probably i say long time it took me a couple of months to get over it and, it and it really did affect me and and the reason it affected me so much is because i didn't feel like we'd given enough value that we hadn't hadn't delivered enough for our clients now we 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 do these events and you know and you'll have to come to one um to to see the style that we operate and so on and and you know I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it big headly, but our events are amazing. They really are amazing. Yeah, we bring together such an amazing people. We have such a good conference. The vibe's amazing, um, and you know we're a young team, and people buy into that. You know, um, we're a family business, so you know my, my stepdad works here. My mum, my mum comes to them as well, cool. and 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 people really like that. And 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 so it was it was chalk and cheese from our face to face to this virtual exhibition. And it was the biggest thing we'd ever done um, in terms of delegate numbers and so on. And, and basically what had happened is that the platform didn't crash. What happened is the breakout room stopped working. Yeah. So we was we had five, essentially sits five conferences on at the same time. We had a main room where you had kind of system stuff being discussed and, you know, big picture issues, diversity, inclusion, um, stuff, you know, lo- loads of stuff was discussed in that, that main yeah. room. And then we had specific rooms for specific areas like AI and RPA, digital transformation, so on and so forth. So there's these four rooms and the four rooms stopped working, right? And I, I lead the kind of conference production side for our healthcare um, side of the business. It's the only one now that I am heavily involved in in terms of producing the, 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 the conference mm. agenda. So I've got five speakers, but four of them aren't working. And then I've got, again, you know, because it was, you know, we're only three and a bit years old now. So, you know, a lot of the customers that we've, you know, we've kept a lot of customers over, you know, we've retained a lot of customers. So my phone... Like I can't, you know, you, you know, you got a phone like call list on, on your yeah. iPhone, right? Mine was full by like 1030, just from the amount of calls that were coming through to me going, Jack, the platform. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm trying to sort it. But then I had every speaker then calling me. I can't get my session working. And then I had exhibitors um, that were presenting in the slots after saying, I can't get my session. You know, the, the session's not working in this room. Is it going to be fixed? And it was just, it was so intense and it was so it was so heartbreaking because of the effort and energy and passion and, you know, it, you know, people mess other event organizers messaging me saying this is literally the best agenda I've ever seen. You know, we had 70 speakers, you know, predominantly, you know, chief, you know, pretty much chief and director level, but, you know, we had major chief execs, we had major CIOs, we had major chief clinical information officers. We had, we had, you know, the, everything for everyone from HR to clinical to operational to um, financial to executive leaders, um, digital, et cetera. Right. And we had something for everyone and, and it, and it wasn't what it was meant to be. Basically we, we, we and people will say now, well, no, you, 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 you fixed it. you got over the problems. And we, what we had to do is the conference side in the breakout rooms, we had to just to switch over to zoom. So we then had to send out a zoom link for him. And so we did react to it and, and the exhibitors did present the ones that we just moved them and, and it was fine. But it wasn't what it was meant to be. And it really, really, really affected me. And, and so you asked me, um, and I've gone a really long way about answering, answering this question, so I do apologise. Ask me why I did it, and, it, and it's for purpose now. And I, and, I, and I probably, and don't get me wrong, you know, I realised that before, but, it, you know, because, you know, we still, we still kind of, the event still ran and, and you know, we, we, we still, you know, financially we still had our money from the event but it was irrelevant because we didn't, for me, we didn't deliver what we was meant to deliver that day. And it was, it was horrific. And As an experience, s- it was horrific. And you said it took a couple of months to get over that. So what is your mindset in those two months? I couldn't be bothered to do anything. Honestly, I, it, it just, it was, so it was, it was, it was November, I think 17th and 18th or 16th and 17th, the events took place. It didn't, I wasn't all right until the end of Jan. 
because because it, it was not only that it, it it marked up our plans for this year we we were due to so in our plan because of like what we had produced like in the run-up it was amazing like the delegate list like it was honestly incredible incredible like the people we had come in the people we had speaking the exhibitors that we got like we had plans to do like three more of these in other sectors this year and like it was like we you know we were gonna like it was gonna be amazing for our business like it transformed what we did we were able to scale what we done massively and affect so many more people one of my clients after i spoke to him and, and they were and they said they were really impressed with the way that we handled it and you know we took ownership for it and i said it weren't good enough and mm-hmm. you know we'd done some certain things for some per- certain people and he said are you doing another and i said no and he said good he said you know you've done the right thing. You failed fast. He said, you know, you, you, you're a pioneer with this. You was the first to do it at this scale. Like people had done webinars and so on. This was a two day full blown event and no one had done it. And he said, you know, you, you've done the right thing. You failed fast. You've taken ownership. You've, you've done good. And so, you know, my, my, it, 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 it just, it kind of mucked all our plans up. And so it meant then that my, my whole team had to then go on furlough. And they're still on furlough now. You know, I, I appreciate it's not getting released until July. This is this is April. You know, they're full on furlough now. They're coming back in June. Um, but you know, so it was a whole. It was a whole. Like I'd lost my tribe. I'd lost my passion. I'd lost my 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 purpose. My purpose is to lead people. My purpose is to is to be, um, you know, to be my 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 the top version of myself every day for my people, my staff, my team, and my clients you know, the delegates, the speakers that we, we put on and, you know, you can probably tell I'm passionate about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I lost it all overnight. Um, I didn't lose it all forever, but I'd lost my purpose for us for a period of time. And that's what affected me the most, um, you know, w- was the fact that I couldn't do what I wanted to do because of the circumstance with, and then, and then the 4th of January, you know, we went into another national lockdown. We thought it was going to come back to events in June and it was all looking up again. And, you know, uh, yeah, it was it was it was it was difficult. It was a really really tough time. If I was telling you what you've just told me, mm. so if you were giving advice to a friend that had gone through a similar experience, what things would you be saying to me that you didn't say to yourself? Do you know what I did say stuff to myself, but <laughs> but I was so, I it, it, because of the knock on effect that I mentioned, I couldn't get myself out of this. Just like, a, was it like, a, just, you know, like a cycle? A of... cycle of like self-pity, you know? It was a cycle of, of me really, um, and, and I'm self-aware enough to, to, to know that, but I couldn't do anything about it. And I'm, you know, and, and I know you, you're, you're into coaching and mentoring and so yeah. on because of our first conversation. Um, and, you know, I was having touch with my, my, my coach, Dean, and I just, I, I know, I know that I need to get myself out. I just can't. Um, so what would I say, you know, I... Yeah, I'd look at the positives. You know, what did we do that was positive? You know, we we done some amazing stuff that that were positive. You know, a couple of examples. Um, we we were called, so we we got all of our exhibitors to send us a list of delegates that they wanted to speak to, and then we I had all of my team calling the delegates on the day saying, "Hi, this exhibitor would really like to have a conversation with you whilst at the event. They saw you on the delegate list. Do you mind if I make an introduction?" Yeah, of course, that's absolutely fine. And we we made, you know hundreds and hundreds of introductions between and so like stuff like that you know that and 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 like really innovative stuff like that because I I can't imagine many people would have done things like that where they've actually proactively going out and getting you know the sponsors opportunities to engage with the delegates because it's really difficult in that virtual setting to to for people to actually engage Um, and that's another thing that we learned and why we didn't do another because it was really tough Um, so look at the positives you know um the thing about control as well, right? We we would we'd outsourced this platform. We'd, again, we we we'd have had to have outsourced the platform. We we couldn't have built a platform ourselves. We'd have had to you know hire a team of developers, and it would cost even more. Um, and it was already expensive enough. Um, so you know, it was it we surrendered control of the most important element, and that was the platform. And we because we had to, right? And so there's there's an element of right, you know. There needs to be if we if we haven't got control, what's the backup plan? Um, and you know, we never ever 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 thought that the presentations just wouldn't work in the breakout rooms. You know, so there was no 
plan for that and we had to think on our feet you know that day and actually you know hats off to my team um who really you know we all rallied around together and we, we we got it sorted and we had to create you know there was so many so many presentations <laughs> like there, there's like two days worth of 20 minute presentations and we have to create a zoom webinar for each one and then send it out to the speaker as a speaker and, and then, then yeah the delegate link delegate. to the delegate link yeah yeah and so like you're talking about four rooms with 10 speakers a day in each one maybe less maybe eight speakers a day in each one it took ages um so would you do so, it yeah. again no why um because because of what i've learned now but do you think that i don't think virtual events work and that's why i wouldn't do it again oh i'd be so they work, I, they work for one side of the fence they or two sides the speakers and okay. the delegates they they work for those two but unless you charge unless you're charging delegates to come to a, to a virtual event at that scale anyway unless you're charging the delegate where's your money coming from you're not you're going to have to get sponsors to fund it and from my perspective i'm not doing that again to to risk my reputation because a platform could fail, but delegates don't engage with sponsors at virtual events, you know, and that's why we had to make the calls. You know, people aren't going, you know, it's not like a face-to-face event where you put the presentation um, room at the back of, you know, at the back of everything where you have to go past the the, yeah. the, the sponsors and the exhibitors to get to the presentation room. So that ultimately they all filter through and they, um, and, and they engage with each other. Um, you can't do that in a virtual event. You know, you have to physically click on exhibition area, what zone you want to go into, and then click into each stands. And people just don't. You know, people just don't. And, and we and we couldn't know that until the time. How do you COVID-proof your business moving forwards? Going forward. Don't get me wrong, you know, our, our virtual activity as such wasn't just limited to, to the online exp- exhibition. You know, we were doing webinars, which were really successful, doing virtual roundtables. Um, you know, we launched a podcast, um, the PE podcast. We launched digital marketing opportunities. We launched seven things in total, including the virtual exhibitions last year. Um, and, and some of that carries forward. We're still doing virtual roundtables now. We've got one next, next week. Um, we've got, you know, we're still doing webinars and so on. So there is, you know, that, yeah. that, that element, COVID proofs it. I've, I've started another business this year as well. So I started a consulting business and, um, you know, so, so, you know, we've got one thing that we've got in abundance is data. Right. And so we're, we're now working with um, some of the exhibitor clients, some of our sponsor clients that we work with through the new business, the consulting business to provide leads and, you know, calling people and saying, look, I'm working with this company within our network. They help with challenges around X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, would you be interested in having a conversation with them? Again, that's just, you know, it's a bit of a numbers game really. And I've got, you know, now I've got other people that are back with a consulting business, some of my sales team back in the consulting business doing that. So, you know, there, there's stuff as a business that we will always be able to do because of the relationship we built, the credibility we've got in the marketplace and the data that we've got. So, you know, if we went into another lockdown, it would it would be really tough for the events business, really, really tough for the events business. But, you know, there's other stuff that, I've, that I've done now and set up now that kind of, you know, counteracts that a little bit. Talk me through what a, like a typical week does. What activities are you getting up to? Currently, or when we're working as an events business? Currently. Currently. So, do you know what? It's it's a little bit more relaxed uh, at the minute because I've not got 15 people that I employ around me that, you know, that I'm bouncing off, that are bouncing off me. Um, so, um, you know, actually I'm, I'm spending more time at home with the kids and the missus. Um, how many kids have you got? Three. How old? 27. Or how old am I? Or how old are the kids? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, your kids. Okay, sorry. I was like, I was like okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> The only reason I say that is, do you know what? This is, the reason I say that is because everyone always asks me, three kids, how old are you? Three kids. That's why my st- because it's just so ingrained in that. That's the next question. Uh, <laughs> that's a bit like, kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Wow. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> my kids seven, uh, four, uh, who was four last week, and um, Ariana, who is one in May. Okay. Do you so, like it being more relaxed? No. Nah. No. Nah. I thrive under pressure. I love it. 
Um, don't get me wrong, you know, there's benefits of it. I love spending more time with, with the kids and it's not being as intense, but that's not me. I am an intense person. You can probably tell by the way I speak. I mean. <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I love I love being under pressure. You know, that's that is that's for me. Like I have to be, and that's that's an, you know, another thing about, you know, not you know, I'd lost my mojo because I'd I'd lost the yeah. pressure on me as well. You know, it was just a case where everyone's on furlough. What do we do? You know, I hadn't, you know, I had no drive or anything because I wasn't being driven towards anything. Um, so no, I, I don't, I prefer it. I'd, I'd prefer COVID to have never have happened and our business was just <laughs> flying last year. Uh, and it will be flying as when, when we come back. So, so yeah, no, I love, I love the pressure. I love the, you know, the, the purpose that having, you know, you know, we, we, we've got an event date, the event's happening on that date. We have to get everything done by that point. And, you know, there's a, there's a process that we have to go to for that. And it's every time the pressure's on because, because it's not like we just do two events and that's it. You know, we're doing, um, put it this way. When we come back from uh, everyone comes back in June, first of June, we are doing events from September and six events from September to December in four months. The most we've ever done of it is five events in a year. So do you find where, so I get the, you like being busy, you like the, you like the stress, you like the pressure, but you've got this period of time, which is, you know, is not that long now. Mm. It's how do you make the most of this time when it's not as busy to prepare you for the busy yeah. time? Working on the business. So, you know, we, it's a case where now we need to, you know, we, we've learned so much, so, so, so much um, during this this kind of downtime. Um, we learned so much last year when we had, again, downtime before because that's initially put people on furlough until we come up with a plan. And so, you know, we, we, we've got we've got to assess everything and look at, right, where can we make those 1% improvements? Where can we make those, you know, big improvements? Where can we, you know, really get you know improve our processes right what you know and and i've got ideas and ideas and ideas and ideas um and so it's 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 working on that and it's just given me time to also reflect on how do we make pne a better business how can we make the events that we do going forward the best ever events that we've ever done how can we you know how can we, we we provide more value to more people and so, so that that's what that's what the process is now. And don't get me wrong, I've got to build an agenda by the time everyone comes back, so people can sell and get delegates on it. So, yeah. And there'll be lots of things that you can do, but can you give me an example of one thing that you are going to do to make your business that one percent better moving forwards? So, there's a few examples. I can give you an example around well-being. So, well-being-wise. I've just signed up to, um, uh, and, and, I'd, and I'd urge every single business owner that thinks they care about their employees or, or that does care about their employees to, to do this also because it's cheap as anything. Well, it's not cheap as anything, but it's it's cheap. In, but I've just signed us up to um, to a counselling service where it's an opt-out service. So everyone has access to a counsellor at any time um, and they get per issue six counselling sessions per year per issue that they have and they but they've also got they got access to a 24-hour helpline so there's that you know i care about my staff so much um you know that's one example others right how can we improve our sales process going forward and you know, how can we become more accountable so you know every day we're going to do a and the, uh, and, and actually by the time this is out um, we'll be doing this um every day we'll be doing a a, a lunch catch-up and, a, and an and an end of day catch-up where we're just sending right Sales team, one person gets nominated. Delegate team, one person gets nominated. Production team, one person gets nominated a day. And they just send an email and say, right, this is what our, the team achieved this morning. This is what the team achieved this afternoon. And again, you know, there's, there's a couple of reasons for that. It keeps people accountable to everyone else. And there's, there's complete visibility and trust and, um, and so on. But it also keeps them accountable to themselves. You know, I wouldn't want to be sending an email saying, yeah, I've, I've not, not done anything this morning. I've not done anything this afternoon. So that's that's on the the kind of sales okay. side of it, and then and then just I've missed everyone so much. There's so much that we're going to do. There's so much we're going to do. So you talked about well being, but yep. you've also so you as the CEO, 
very passionate. <laughs> What's your talk? I'm, I'm, I'm the MD. See, I find this so so. Okay, well, MD then. Yeah, MD. Yeah, the CEO okay. to me, you have to have a board, you have to have a, a, an executive board to be a CEO. No, you don't. You can call yourself. You can call yourself what you like. Oh, yeah. Well. Um. So you, as the MD, have said that you're very passionate, very purpose driven, intense character. What is the impact of that on the team? Do people look to you and think, "I need to be like Jack," but I'm not like Jack? I don't. I don't. Th- I think I inspire people in my team. I don't think people look at me and say, "I will," you know, "I need to be like Jack," because because again, I'm not. I'm too self aware to understand that. Why would they be like me? It's not their business. Okay. Why would they care as much as me? It doesn't make sense for them to care as much as me. It's not. It's not their business. I don't expect anyone to work harder or care as much as I do why would they it's not their business and I think as business owners um I was speaking to someone earlier actually about this exact thing and you know it's about it's about culture and I said and 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 people kind of not not caring as much well why would they care as much as you it's your business don't don't kid yourself into thinking that people are gonna but but my team cares so much so much and and it's about it's about driving the right culture and it's about um doing the right thing for the right thing and showing integrity and not being an arsehole you know so if someone i don't know i, I need a doctor's appointment if you say to someone they got a doctor's appointment all right you got to work for your lunch <laughs> you got a doctor's appointment you are an arsehole there's no need for that you go to okay you go i don't even need to know what it's for i trust you implicitly um i've got you know other people that are doing some webinars for me at the minute and, um, and and it's, and it was Lily, and and she said, she said something about you know the time she worked. I said, Lily, I she, I trust you. Like, don't you don't need to tell me what you've done and what you haven't done. Like, you know, I think she was trying to justify that she'd not done that certain hours one day. And you don't need to tell me that, Lily. I tr- I trust you so much. Like, I know you're going to deliver for me. Go and deliver. And and so I think if you if you have that culture where you trust your people they will they will give you what you want it's when you start second guessing people when you start you know trying to catch people out and 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 and, you know play a game with it i'm not intelligent enough to play a game you know my heart my heart's on my sleeve um you know i don't hold grudges i don't and i get over things really quickly and and yeah it's and, and and my my thing is we should as as business owners we should be proving every day why people should work for us not the other way around why we should keep them employed what is your superpower? My superpower? Uh, I mean, there's just so many rude jokes coming to my head. <laughs> um, I can't answer like that. I know I can't. Um, what, is, what is my superpower? What is the thing that only Jack can do? I, I say this, I say this, um, and people are like, I can do that too. But, not in the world, but like in your yeah, business. <laughs> yeah, okay, in my business. Okay, fine. Yeah. So I can build relationships with very senior people very quickly. Um, and I think other people really, not not necessarily in, just in my business, but I think in business in general. You know, so my, my podcast was titled The Person Behind the Job Title for that reason, because people think oh, if you've got a chief job title or they're a chief executive of an NHS trust, you know, you have to, you have to speak to them in a certain way. You have to create a facade and you've got to be, you know, I call it this professional BS layer, right? What what even is that? You know, be yourself, just be yourself. And I think people aren't used to people just being themselves with them and having a laugh. People like, I call people mate, you know, like that thing, like, oh, you know, people cringe out, people call them. That's how I speak. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll call you mate. Like, oh, cheers, mate. Good to chat. And like people, and I was told off when I was a young salesperson for calling people mate. Don't call them mate. They're not your mate. All right, that's how I speak. Um, so I think I think it's a case where my power is 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 creating relationships with with senior people quite easily, um, and and just and and just having a natural ability to get along with with people. What do you do that gets in like your own way? Just I'm unorganized. I procrastinate. I'm distracted easily. I was going to say I overthink, but I don't. Um, I think I'm quite, quite good at making decisions. But yeah, I would just say you know, 
you know, I feel like I'm that ADHD kid that's not been not been diagnosed yet. Right? Like, um, like in school, I'm sure I'm sure. You know, I think I went for a process, but yeah, like, you're on like, the spectrum. Yeah, I'm sure. So, so like all of those things, like distracted easily, distracting other people easily, being being unorganized. But in my head, it's like organized chaos in my head. Um, yeah. But then like, there's other really good skills that come back to it, like my attention to details, like second to none, like really, really strong eye for detail. Mm-hmm. And like my memory is incredible. Like I, I, apart from when I drink too much, then it's re- really, really bad. Um, <laughs> but I, but I, I don't forget too much. Okay. And going back to your skill at building relationships with like senior level people, how have you built your black book of contacts? A phrase that I use internally a lot is borrow, borrow and steal other people's credibility. So what I mean by that is, for example, when I'm building an event agenda, I get a chair. I'll just say to one, oh, this guy's chairing it. Oh, he's got credibility. So it makes the event credible. Right. And so so a lot of the stuff I've been referred into people. So I'm borrowing that other person's credibility by referring me into a new contact. Bit like Sam with you and me. Right we were already credible to each other because we'd been recommended by someone credible. And for those people that want to speak at your events, Mm. what do they need to do to get your attention? Just drop me a message on LinkedIn or email me or call me or the the usual route. Um, Don't send me a a letter because I'll I'll probably leave it unopened until Adam's back in the office and then he'll open it. In fact, there's literally the other side of where I'm sat in. There's a pile of unopened mail waiting for Adam to come in and open it. Um, So, so yeah, do anything but send me a message, send me, uh, send me actual physical letter. And this may sound a silly question, but are you looking for speakers all the time? So, and I ask that because I know lots of people that could speak that would say, well, I'm not a speaker, you know, like they speak a lot, but they wouldn't class themselves as a speaker. And you kind of have to attract that. You have to kind of say, even trying to get people to come on this podcast. I'm like, but you're amazing. You've done all of this. And they're like, oh, no, I'm really nervous. Will anybody want to hear what I've got to say? And it's like, yes but they don't see themselves like that yeah so so i i don't necessarily look for speakers as such like you you know a Mm. bit like you i just i look for people that have yeah good track record but a credible job title because you're saying no but where you say you look for the credible job title Mm. that can be misleading you can have somebody that is maybe not a CEO, but you could have somebody with a credible job title that's mm. crap. Yeah, but then you, you fish them out. You'll fish them out still. Like, don't get me wrong, like, you know, they're, 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 you're never going to go to a conference where every speaker is, is a professional speaker, like, is, is like at that level of a, of a, of a good speaker. You're going to get some people that you, that surprise you massively, that like a little bit shyer and a little bit, mm. but they get up on that stage and they're just so concise and they're so clear and they're, they're 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 you know clearly very switched on and um and 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 a good communicator and so on you speak to others that get out there and and i'm awful for it um their way through it you know and it's just and and read off slides and that kind of stuff Uh, and and so you but you're going to get that at every conference so you've just got to you know that that that's just one of the things that you've just got to do with that not not every person that speaks at your event is always going to be amazing um and but that's the same at every single event so um yeah Okay, I've got a few final questions. You've talked about well-being. You've talked about having a coach. How else do you take care of your own mental health? So I was better at this before, but I I, I was running a lot before. Um, I've got a peloton now. Um, You're so middle so- class. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a Peloton treadmill, by the way. Yeah, Peloton tread. Yeah, Peloton. You know tread. What? I keep looking at them and think, don't, really... don't do it. Don't, don't, don't we'll be one though. of the crowd. You will do it. Though. <laughs> you'll get one and you'll love it. Um, um, but I'm such an impulsive buyer as well. That's such an issue of mine. I'm such an impulsive buyer, <laughs> um, and and so I use these things a lot when I first get them, and it just dwindles off. So I wonder by the time this comes out whether. <laughs> gonna you know what actually i was facetime my friend the other day and where we've got i've put it in the utility room 
because uh, you know, it's, it's it's massive. Um, the the pellets and are are big, and uh, and my missus had put all the washing on it, and it was just like it's like a two and a half grand clothes horse. <laughs> like, it, and he just said like, please take a picture of that and send it to me. I was like, there's zero chance I'm doing that. So you've got that forever. Like no way. So, so anyway, so, so, so uh, running and I need to do more of it. And, um, and I hope I, 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 I do do that. I stupidly started smoking again. That is, and that, that I know, I know it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like I didn't smoke. I stopped smoking just before, um, Nala, who's four, was born, and I started smoking again during lockdown, um, and it was just stupid, uh, and and yeah, and so I started running less and smoking more, and yeah, and so I need to stop doing that. Um, but I also like we live where we live. We live in Crawley, um, so by Gatwick Airport, and um, yeah, I'm got, in Whitstable. I know. Okay, yeah. So there's a there's a place really close to us called Tilgate Park, and um, they've got a massive like Tilgate Forest at the back of that, and so I've got dogs, so we go walking with the kids, and um, and yeah, I just I just like yeah, like being out in nature and walking and <laughs> running. But yeah, should should do more stuff to relax my mental health, to be honest. And who do you who are your like business icons? Who do you look up to in the business world? Good question. So 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 my my coach Dean is incredible. He's transformed me. Um, my coach Dean Finnegan is just is it's one of the best things. That's ever happened to me that I've ever uh, and I and I and I'd, I'd recommend anyone that's not mentored or coached, you are missing out on so much. Like, you know, you know, you you are kidding yourself if you do not think you need to be coached. It's like a professional footballer not being coached at football. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You know, um, I was twenty. I think I just turned twenty four when I started the business. Like I needed a coach. I'd never run a business before. I was a sales guy before. Um, so 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 him massively. Um, and then there's you know you you got your cliche people. You know your your you know your, your Gary v, Gary V's and people like that. That you know don't get me wrong. Like I follow them and and it's mm-hmm. good content to to engage with. But yeah. So 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 I'm not I'm not going to sit here and name like you know big CEOs and and stuff like that because it's you know they're, they're too far away from me um but you know the person i look up to most in business is is dean and and, and also i think it'd be unfair if i didn't mention my mum as well you know my mum owns and um and, and runs a, a, an mot and car repair garage and everyone's like wait mom does that I mean, she's not a mechanic she's she's you know, she's a business owner she 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 works she does the reception side and there um and, and that side of things um and so you know i think unconsciously you know, I, I saw my mum leaving early and coming home late when I was younger, and it was and so so working long hours to me is normal. That's what adults do, um, and and I appreciate that's probably not the case for you know we we didn't have we didn't have tea at you know we didn't have our dinner at like four thirty five o'clock. We used to eat at like half seven eight because my mum would come in from work and like you know. So now like I, I sometimes won't eat till like you know like like last last night I think. Because just because I'm lazy as well, uh, you know. By the time I decided that I wasn't going to cook and order the Domino's, it's like half ten by the time we got there. <laughs> and, um, so, so yeah. So my mum as well, because of you know, she she we 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 grew up in a council house, um, and we we you know the the business that she operates is is never going to make her rich. You know, it's just going to fund her her lifestyle, right? Um, and so. And what, what had happened is it was my granddad's previously and he emigrated out to New Zealand and my mum worked in reception then um, and then um, obviously got more and more involved. And then when he emigrated out to New Zealand, um, then she she mm. bought him out essentially. Um, and, and that's how then she became a business owner. So, you know, we grew up in a council house. We didn't we didn't go without, but we didn't have a lot. Um, and my mum, you know, and stuff I can't remember, you know, she used to say, you know, I literally had like 20 quid a week for the food shopping and she'd go around Tesco's and like, you know, she couldn't go over that 20 pounds because she just didn't have anything else. And, and so, yeah, you know, I think it's in, I think it's incredible. Like her journey, you know, she, she, she was born in, um, in Zimbabwe was um, Rhodesia then. Um, okay. So um, sure my grandparents had, had emigrated out there and, um, 
and and you know she she come back to England and they had nothing and you know when I was younger I was in a hostel and that kind of stuff and then she got a council house and then we lived in that council house till I was eleven and you know she's built herself up and how to you know live in you know live in a comfortable life um, and and raising an incredible son. I'm joking. By <laughs> Do you say yourself? Yeah, yeah. Last question. I could keep. I keep thinking. Last question, and then you say something, and I think, okay, one more question. Do you want your business to do you said with about your mum mm. the business is never going to make her rich but it's going to fund her lifestyle mm. do you want your business to make you rich or do you want it to fund your lifestyle both uh and, and I don't mean that in a cocky way either because there's a whole stigma about being rich right you know what's rich what does that mean that's yeah what does rich mean right you know I think there was a a Bob Marley quote. It's just like a reporter asked him, you know, are you a rich man? He said, you know, what does rich mean then? You know, mm. I was going to try and quote it, but I have no idea what actually what we actually <laughs> said, but I just, I just, I've just seen on Instagram. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, what, what does rich mean? I, I, I want to, you know, be in a position of generational wealth, you know, I want, but then at the same time, you know, I want, I want my, my business to get to a point where I'm not needed in the business. I want to, you know, and that, that's what working with, with Dean is to systemize the business. Um, and, and, you know, to, to get it into a position where whether I'm there or I'm not, the business isn't affected. And, that, and that's when you call it a business, as far as I'm concerned, you know, until that point you work for yourself. Um, um, a business is when you can step away from it and it, and it works um, as efficiently. Um, you know, and, and then, and then, you know, and I've, I've set up, I've got a couple of business, I've got a property business, I've got the consultant business, and I've got the events business. And, you know, and the idea is that the events business, you know, funds the, the, the property business. And, um, you know, there's a buy to let portfolio that, you know, we're, we're, we've just got our first one. Um, and so this is just, just been set up. So there's a couple of things that, that I want to then to do to then become financially th- free. And, and then that, you know, will we'll then fulfil the life that I want. And, you know. Oh, well, thank you so much. If people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Yeah, so um, so LinkedIn's probably best. I have got a Twitter account, but um, I'm, I'm not really that active on it. Um, I have a little scroll every now and then, but I can't think of what to tweet. That's my problem. I can't think of what to write. So, so find me on LinkedIn, Jack. Jacob. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. so much for joining us if you like what you hear I would absolutely love it if you left us an iTunes rating and five star review I know many of you give us a shout out on social media which is lovely to see you guys listening to the podcast so please come and find us on Twitter at THC Primary Care on Instagram at THC Primary Care and on LinkedIn just look for Tara Humphrey and if you're not subscribed to our newsletter please do it's really really funny you get to hear more insights more confessions some tips and tools and a roundup of our activity over the week so click on join the newsletter in the show notes and I will see you in the next episode.